Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Beal off a screen by Len for three. It's there. Oh, ring it up. Bradley Beal, three for the right wing. And Wizards with that biggest lead. Six points now, 63-57. Westford, couple pump fakes. 12-second shot clock, another pump fake. Started by Mia. Only he shoots over him, banks, and scores. Whoa. Seemed like he was toying with him. Inbound to Bradley Beal. That's it. The Wizards win. Oh, this team. This team. This resilience. This determination. Character. This is a character win. The Wizards get the win. 125-121 to end the Jazz 24-game home winning streak that dates back to New Year's Eve. That's a character win. It's also the Wizards' 20th win against 33 losses, but they sweep the two-game series from the Jazz. 70 points in the first half and a 125-121 win. PK, even when the Jazz were scoring 42 in the first quarter, they were struggling to get stops, and that was a theme that continued throughout most of the night. David, I'm going to have to look at the film, and we're going to go over it, and then I'll get back to you. <laughs> when are you planning on going over the film, PK? Today when we gather. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe on the 12th of never. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to look at the film. You know, it was a collective effort. I don't want to single out anybody, uh, all of us. You know, I know we're missing a couple of guys, but it's on all of us, and we'll be better, me included, really, as the morning radio analyst for the ball club. I've, I've got to look at myself and see what I can do. Move your because feet, move your oper- feet. I had opportunities to set you up, and, you know, I didn't, and that really pissed me off. <laughs> okay, that's a Donovan line. Some of them I can identify, <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> They were coming fast and furious last night, PK. You couldn't get them all. So, and and the thing about it, and I'm going to tell Joe this in, in a couple of days, if uh, somebody says something to make you angry, you know, I get angry too. <laughs> Good. You're going to play the greatest hits, huh? <laughs> Speaking it's of all you can do. Donovan. In times of tragedy, David, it's all you can do is laugh. <laughs> times of trouble. Mother Mary comes to me. Sometimes uh, tragedy, not trouble. Oh, let it be. 42 they lose, points. it's a travel. 42 points for Donovan Mitchell, but offense yeah. wasn't the issue. It was defense. But, so he's got a four-game streak now, averaging a little over 40 points a game. Keeps that going. Oddly, he did it in the first and fourth quarters. Not really much to speak of in the second and third. Well, yeah, because I thought the best defensive effort that Washington had was Quinn Snyder taking him out when he'd scored 14 in a row. Wait until he misses. <laughs> Matt Hartman right there. Well, yeah, how about wait till he misses one? And and I I get that I'm second guessing, but that's my job. I don't make the millions on the first guessing. But, uh, man, gosh, could you just let at least let the quarter finish? Because there wasn't less, there was less than four minutes to go, maybe even three minutes to go. And I know that's what you do, and you got these patterns and all. But how many times you score 14 in a row? After you've just come out and scored at least 35 for the first time in Jazz franchise in three consecutive games since Letter Carrier in 1993 yeah. and all that. And it's easy to say now, I get it, but that's my job. And I would have had a hard time taking him out because if, if I'm 
Brooks over there in Washington. I give Quinn Snyder part of the game ball. I don't know if you can divvy it up, but uh, boy. Because when he came back in, he didn't have it until the fourth. He didn't. I expect that if you really delved into it, and um, you know in the Zoom stuff, you really don't get to delve into it because the questions, you don't get the follow-ups usually, and then they cut it off. Just after, a quick follow. Yeah, maybe. Not so much with the Jazz. <laughs> Sometimes you get that. Oh, you don't even get a quick follow with the Jazz? Uh, I can't say that it hasn't happened. Come on, they went to you hardest. number two. You could have done your David went, James KUTV. They went to me. Not the zone, KUTV. They went to me number two because at that yeah. moment I was the only other person with my hand up. <laughs> well, at the, uh, uh, I, I always really think of you of number two, though. hey oh. <laughs> That's funny on multiple levels. Think about it, people. There's the PK's number one level of humor. Then there's the bathroom level of humor. There's probably another one I haven't gotten to yet. Well, when I think of you, the Sigledorf family, really the tree, uh, going back to Freddie J and Mila. I don't know, your wife, your mother had a weird first name. I can't remember it. But, uh, you know, I, to me, you guys are always number two. You're full of number two, actually. That's how much yeah, I think of you as more, number two. More bathroom humor. So here's a couple things on Donovan and why he came out. One is, I think, with a couple guys playing in Forrest uh, and Thomas who don't play and only who plays a little bit, I think they had pretty carefully staggered the rotation. They wanted to bring him back with some of those guys. And they were also trying not to play him too many minutes, although they ultimately played him 39 minutes. So Right, and a lot of those minutes he was bricking it. And Forrest, do I really want him shooting threes? I mean, really, you could think about it. My headline would be, can't see Forrest for the threes. hey That wasn't a basketball take, people. I was just getting to that line. I just made that up. There you go, newspaper man. And I'm writing about Mitchell on his hot streak. We'll post it on the Zone Network, uh, what, uh, 1280 The Zone over there at KSL this morning. And, uh, you know, I'm comparing him to Dwayne Wade. Get this for a headline. Mitchell finding his Wade in the NBA. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Oh, I still got it. Ah, the puns. Ah, the punishment. Forrest, Thomas, Sony, they ended up playing a total of 34 minutes. They were a combined one for four from the field. So, it Well, wasn't. I'm a doubting Thomas until I see him make shots. But Boom. you know what? I, I was thinking about this, the way the NBA is set up salary-wise. I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, you know, you're going to have your core mm-hmm. and then your end of the bench guys. And this is what they're going to do, you know, because a lot of it is based on the salary structure and you have to have it set up with your top guys and got to filter all the way down to the bottom. And these guys are going to get a lot of playing time, obviously. And so they get in there. I, I mean, I had to look at, uh, man, who's who's this number three dude? I had to double check <laughs> it there for a second. He checked in and my wife, who watches yeah. some but not a lot, and she's like, I don't recognize him. I said, don't worry. I don't either, and neither does anybody else. <laughs> and, but, and, and to expect them to come in and, and do very, very well, I, I, I think it might be a little unrealistic. Well, I think that that goes to the core of the argument about the buyouts, and we're not hearing a lot about it publicly, but we're hearing the, the national people who have league sources that everybody else is mad at the L.A. and New York markets because they're getting their guys in on the veteran minimum at the end of the bench, and they're star guys who play big games, and they may not have it. You know, Aldridge isn't what he was at his peak, but compared to your guy who hasn't played big games, who you're trying to do homegrown and you find him in the second round or you find him overseas or wherever, it's like, well, they got the advantage there. I mean, the... um, uh, Blake Griffins and uh, Andre Drummond and 
I think Aldridge are kind of the three big buyouts. There's probably somebody else who I'm forgetting right now. But those guys have way more experience. And honestly, even if they only have 60% of the talent they used to, they still have more talent than the guys you're trying to bring along at 10, 11, and 12. And you can pay your top eight, but after that, you're not going to have much money left. So everybody's on the minimum. And they got experience and you don't. But they aren't coming to your market. They're going to L.A. and New York. All right, Jazz, right back at it. They did talk. They were asked about it and said, you admitted, yeah, there was some fatigue. Well, get ready for some more fatigue because here come the Oklahoma City Thunder. 7 o'clock tonight, pregame show at 6 o'clock. And for the Wizards, who knows? 2-0 against the Jazz, 6-2 against the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nets and the Jazz, but 5-5 in the last 10. I mean, what if you can do it against these teams, why are you having a stretch where you lose 10 out of 12? Of course, when they lost 10 out of 12, one of the two wins, they beat the Jazz. So that's their thing. They're uh, s- struggling to see if they can even make the uh, playing games. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Back to Joel, who circles into the lane on Cauley's time, fakes one-way turns, fadeaway shots from 12, rimming good. Beautiful footwork and touch there by Embiid in the lane. His fifth field goal is 23rd point. 17,782 for Curry. Dribble drive. Curry goes in, drives the layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Stephen Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history. Rebound down to Jamal Murray. Less than a minute go. Three-pointer would be nice. Murray right to the rack. Gets hammered and he'll go. Oh! They're just oh, going to say hurt. he lost that. That's a challenge. He's hurt. Oh, Jamal's hurt. And he's he grabbing his, his left, left knee. knee. And he is in severe amount of pain. This is a worst-case scenario, sports fans. This is not what you wanted to see. Losing a game is nothing. But losing a star like Jamal Murray would be something. That's the uh, highlights and the low light from the night in the NBA. The Nuggets lose to the Warriors 116-107. Steph Curry became Golden State's all-time leading scorer, passing Wilt Chamberlain. All they need an extra 300 games over Wilt to get by him. And right at the end, Jamal Murray drive into the hoop, and he was hurt. And as they said, obvious pain. PK, I tore my ACL, and I was pounding the ground. And every time, it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot. And every time I see somebody do that, I assume the worst. Waiting to get, you know, the diagnosis and have an MRI, but it looked really bad. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree, but we've seen situations where that's not the case. So we I have. don't know. It may not be, and hopefully it won't be. Um, but it looked really bad for Jamal Murray, and obviously that would be a big loss if he's going to be hurt, and we'll see yeah. how long he's going to be out. The uh, West, the contenders in the West, mostly lost last night. The exception was the Suns. They beat the Houston Rockets 126-120. They move with a game and a half of the Jazz. But the Nuggets lose, the Mavericks lose, the Jazz lose, and the Lakers lose. So it was a pretty bad night for the uh, the contenders in the West. Well, the West sucks. <laughs> That's what the Knicks said after beating the Lakers. Ha! 111-96. Julius Randle went for 34 in that one. The Mavericks lost to the Sixers, another East team in the West, East-West game, and the Sixers won 13-95. Embiid had 36 in that game. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. That was tough. I'm not going to lie. That was that was a tough part uh, for me. I feel like I'm, I'm a planner. Um, I like to have things planned out and, you know, 
what the next step was going to be and and just the uncertainty there was for lack of a better term driving me insane when i found out it was just such a relief um to to just find out the news and and understand where my where my next stop is going to be that's sam darnold talking about the move from the jets to the panthers and now he's in carolina where he'll be part of a quarterback battle and we'll see how that plays out and if he's the guy in Carolina as they look for a successor to Cam Newton, someone who can get them back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm a Darnold fan. I mean, he's only 23 years old, right? Yep, he's young. Yeah. So well, this is going to be a lot of pressure on, I assume it's going to be Zach Wilson. They don't make that trade unless they're going to take a quarterback, maybe Justin Fields. Uh, but uh, looking at Mel Kuyper's mock draft this morning, he still has Wilson going second. So... Uh, trading somebody, and because then you're going to watch. You know, the Jet fa- Jet fans are going to watch to see what Sam Darnold does down down south a little bit there, because if he blows up in the next year or two, uh, that could put some more pressure. But if Wilson comes in and plays like I think he's capable of, then it doesn't really matter. That's true, and, and Darnold's got to win the job in Carolina, and then he's got to be successful when he does. Uh, but everything is relative. If he's in, if he does win the job in Carolina, and if he's going nine and seven, and they're going to the playoffs now that there's seven playoff teams in the NFC uh, and the AFC as well. But nine and seven's got a better chance of getting in. He doesn't even have to be great if he's nine and seven, and you're four and twelve. It's going to look bad. Yeah, I was thinking right down the line, not necessarily this next season. Patriots star receiver Julian Edelman announced his retirement. Twelve years led the. Helped the Pats win three Super Bowl titles. He was MVP of one of them. So a great career for Julian Edelman. He calls it a day. Brady had nice things to say about him. It's uh, it's hard to believe that a little guy like that, they had a picture of him standing next to Brady, and Brady just towers over him. But he got it done. Great yeah, career. Great career. Saints coach Sean Payton would be portrayed by Kevin James in an upcoming Netflix movie titled Home Team. Adam Sandler's uh, production company is going to do it. The movie is going to be based on how Peyton wound up serving as an assistant coach on his son's Connor's sixth grade football team in the Dallas area while he was suspended by the NFL in 2012 over Bounty Gate. The movie expects to have a comedic spin rather rather than be an exact retelling. Now I'm making a documentary here. I didn't hire Kevin James to make a documentary. Uh, yeah, Kevin's a little plump. I don't know. Is Sean that plump? Unless Kevin's lost some weight. Uh, I would think Sean's a little leaner than Kevin, but I haven't seen him side by side. But yeah, it's my assumption. Kansas City Chiefs assistant, former assistant, Britt Reed has been charged with felony driving while intoxicated for his involvement in a car crash earlier this year that left a five-year-old girl critically injured. Jackson County Prosecutor's Office filed the Class D felony charge Monday, stating Reed operated a motor vehicle limit while under the influence of alcohol and acted with criminal negligence by driving at an excessive rate of speed. If convicted, Reed would face a maximum sentence of seven years in prison. Reed surrendered to police yesterday and was released after posting a $100,000 bond. There have been some reports that Adderall may or may not be involved in all this, too. I assume they're going to get to the bottom of all of that as this progresses. So, 
Well, the law's the law, and he needs to be treated uh, and held accountable for it, just like anybody else would. Yeah, I read one story. There's some people thinking that he wasn't charged with as much, and the prosecutor's office responded saying that the state laws had changed and they had prosecuted him as much as they could. It must be some double indemnity stuff or something. I don't know. They well, I would think so it. with such a high-profile yeah. thing, and it's another case of, case of nepotism, and this nepotism has gone bad. Yep. Yes, coaches, making sure coaches' sons get into coaching. There's been a lot of that. It's another example. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 1-2 to Higgy. And he swings, lifts a high drive to left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It hit off the scoreboard way in back of the stands. Another home run. Kyle makes you smile. (laughs) Higashioka, the home run stroker. And the Yankees take a 3-1 lead. Here's a fly ball off the bat of Akil Badu. This one's deep. Straw going back, looking up, and it's gone! A home run! <laughs> Akil Badu! Votto swings, and he puts a charge into one. Deep right field, way back, gone! Flash down! Into the water and right, McCovey Cove. And Votto has his first home run of the year and makes it 3 nothing Reds. And that was the final score as the Reds beat the Giants 3-0. Cincinnati off to a 7-3 start. Joey Votto with the splashdown in McCovey Cove. And I was thinking about this. Best home runs in baseball, PK. Uh, over the Green Monster at Fenway. The splashdown in San Francisco. Maybe the upper deck down the line and into the upper deck at Yankee Stadium. You got any others that would feel special? Well, you got the pool in Arizona. That's yes. kind of an oddity. Uh, I think in the bullpens in Dodger Stadium, with them right being down uh, the left field, a little off the line. So we've seen that when hitting the bullpens, especially if it's uh, a Dodger player hitting it in the bullpen and a Dodger reliever or somebody out there catches it. So you've got that. I mean, all home runs are obviously what you're what you're looking for. Uh, uh, I, I like the ones that uh, sometimes too. You know, did did the outfielder catch it? You're not sure for a split second mm-hmm. as he leaps up. That's why I said all outfield fences should be no higher than eight feet. Obviously, Fenway, you got that. But uh, everybody else, and the old ballparks in, in Wrigley with the uh, with the Ivy. In Wrigley, you can hit it out of the stadium many times over. And depending on the nature oh, yeah. of the game and how big it is, you got the fans that are on the street back there. And they go racing after the ball. So... Those are fun. And then you got a lot of them where they have the batter's eye and they hit it in center field, dead center, and then somebody from either the left field or right field jumps over and runs after it. Hmm. Put it out onto Sheffield or Waveland Avenue. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a That'd yeah. be a good one right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hit one onto Waveland. Be good to be an ex. Be a retired major leaguer and be able to say that. That'd be good. Sure. Yeah, it'd be fun. Shohei Otani driving in three runs. Mike Trout hit a two-run homer. Flash that million-dollar smile in the dugout. The multi-million-dollar smile. Angels beat the Royals 10-3. to Yeah, Angels looking good, man. Maybe they can get into first place. I mean, get into playoffs. They're already there, but uh, yeah. first place. But uh, when we get to uh, October, it'll be good to see them get in the postseason. 7-3 and three leading their division. The Yankee highlight we heard in all of there, uh, Garrett Cole getting a W. Yankees are 5-5. Five and five. It's a team that was supposed to be one of the top two or three teams in baseball with the Dodgers, the favorite, but the, the Padres and the Yankees probably right behind them. And the 
Yankees up to a 5-5 five and five start. Long way to go, but kind of, eh. Eh. What is Trinity brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing? There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoman. And NewsOK.com is going to join us next. And we got Utah football availability today. Kyle Whittingham, Jim Harding, Charlie Brewer, and Nick Ford all coming up at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hot takes or toast? is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed. Luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Signer Cadillac today. All right, hot takes or toast, PK? You got any hot takes after the Jazz disappointing loss? Or we write this off, they weren't going to win them all. They still have lost fewer games than anybody in the league. And we're a little spoiled as a fan base and... Suck it up. You've got to lose some games. Deal with it. Uh, well, I, I'm going to stay in the moment without overreacting. I think that's the key here. I think that's what Quinn Snyder is trying to get across. You don't go crazy. You do have big picture in mind. But at the same time, you have to look at what went wrong in this particular game. And a lot of times you come on the air and you look at the point total and just say that was bad defense. And I say, oh, the other team made shots. Mm-hmm. And so we disagree. But not in this time, man. In that first half, the abomination of defense was right there. It's particularly at the rim. You know, allowing yep. Robin Lopez with that awkward, goofy-looking hook shot from his hip uh, was really just bugging me, man. And they let some guys, you know, Beal and Westbrook, they, they're who they are, and we all know that. And they're going to get going. And, and Westbrook is a great front runner. And when things are going well, he's jawing and, you know, looking great and playing with such anger. And Bradley Beal's a smooth scorer. So that that those are commodities. But there's some of these other guys that uh, you let go off a little bit. And Joe fouling Bertans on a four-point play and in the second half. And the first half, the defense, the defense, particularly in the paint, was just atrocious. You got to be better than that. So I, I don't want to just, I don't want to make a huge deal, but at the same time, I just don't want to blow it off and slough it off and say, oh, on to the next one, no worries. So many layups and dunks in the first half. And I thought yeah. the one point Quinn did make is that some of that was transition issues. Uh, they were getting beat on the break. Some places where the turnovers happened on the court, there was nothing that could be done. Other times, it really was breakdowns in the half court. And. The thing about the third quarter when they made the when the Jazz made their run is for uh, about five or six minutes there they did a good job of getting Oklahoma City to take a bunch of fifteen and eighteen footers and a few of them went in and there were a couple trips to the free throw line uh, but there were a lot of missed mid range twos so 
Right back at it for the Utah Jazz. Now they get Oklahoma City. And joining us now, once again, one of our favorites from the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com, Barry Trammell, sports columnist. Barry, good morning. How are you guys doing in Salt Lake? Can you believe believe it's been three years since that morning I came up and did the show with you? That was fun. Yeah, in studio. That's three years ago. Crying out loud. <laughs> time time flies, right? And so, sure do. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's odd how people cross paths. Um, Maddie Lee worked here and worked there for a while, and I saw her at a game here and said, you know Barry Trammell? And I got five minutes about what an awesome guy you are. <laughs> well, we loved her for crying out loud. Well, now she's working at Wrigley Field covering the Cubs. So. Yeah, she's covering baseball, yeah. which uh, I guess going to Wrigley, if you Wrigley Field's your office, I guess life could be worse. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. You know, you're covering the Thunder, and they come in here with, uh, with an unusual team. And before we get to the players and all that, I'm just wondering what the take is on a rebuild that brings in, it's not that there isn't some exciting young talent in Oklahoma City, because there is, but the future is resting on 34 draft picks over like the next seven years. 17 first-rounders, 17 second-rounders. Does this excite people? Are they thinking they're going to be great trades? Are they thinking they're going to sort through this and end up with some high lottery picks, some things will break your way at some point? How do people view 34 picks? Because I don't think I've ever talked about an NBA team with that many draft picks. Well, 34 draft picks is the ticket to a Super Bowl championship. I don't know that it gets you to the NBA Finals. Um, you know, if you, if you had a football team, you'd say, well, we're going to use all 34 of these picks. You can't use all 34 picks. There's only, there's only 17 roster spots counting two-way players. So clearly the Thunder's going to have to, you know, do something with them. In terms of what the fans think, it all depends on what kind of fan you are. If you're a deep, you know, if you're sort of a deep state fan that sort of knows what's going on and understands, you're sort of excited and thrilled. If you're one of those marginal fans that just like to watch the games and see them win, you have no idea what's going on and don't know why, why, why isn't Al Horford playing? He's one of the better players on the team. And why doesn't Shea Gilgis-Alexander tough it out and play with that foot injury? And who are these guys they just signed off the street? So... You know, it just depends on how invested you are. Now, the question becomes, how long do those deep investors stick with this plan? How long are they willing to go through a, a year in which the Thunders, what have they lost, six in a row, I think? I can't remember, but they're all, they've lost uh, five of six by at least 20 points. They got beat by 37 and 29, I think it was, on back-to-back nights last week. Just miserable basketball. Um, the good news for the Thunder is a perfect year. If you're going to stink, stink in a pandemic year when nobody can go to the games, when everything's turned upside down anyway. But, you know, they're, they're going to struggle again next year, no doubt about it. So the question becomes, and Utah went through this a little bit, is, is how, much, how long of a runway do you have to tank? And that's the question we don't know yet about the Thunder. What's your confidence in Presti being able to deliver on these picks? Because it's one thing to have picks, uh, but whether you use them actually drafting players or trading players, whatever it might be, what's your confidence that he could use all this collection to make the right moves and get this team back to where it was? 
oh, really high. You know, he he's most of his trades have been great. Now, the, you know, the James Harden deal didn't turn out fantastic, but you know, I mean, they still it wasn't a total colossal failure. They got Stephen Adams in the deal, and he was a defensive cornerstone on on two Western Conference Finals, and a really good player still in the NBA. And and they got draft capital out of that, and uh, traded Adams, you know, four months ago for more draft capital. And, uh, he generally does really well on trades, so we we're pretty sure that he can do the same. The good thing about all these trades is, you know, let's say they end up with the say they end up with the seventh pick this year. Um, you know, maybe you can maybe you can trade that seventh pick for a fifth pick by throwing in two future draft picks, you know. Maybe that's the way you use some of those 34 picks is just to improve your draft stock status in a given year. And, you know, nobody knows. If you're not picking Anthony Davis or, or LeBron James, you know, the draft can be a, a crapshoot. Um, you know, we, we know that. You know, this year, who knows? Who knows how... Uh, how uh, Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman are going to end up? You know, they went one two. How they are they going to be long term stars in the NBA? Maybe, maybe not. So you never know. So even if you're picking four or six or eight, you know, there's no that's no guarantee you won't get a star. But um, the idea that you have 34 and you're going to get you know a couple of first round picks on average per year doubles your chances to to strike it rich so it's you know the the future looks great for the thunder it's just that the the present is, is not so much so the thunder coming in with the exact same record as the wizards 20 wins 33 losses the wizards beat the jazz twice this year and you know russell westbrook and the chip he can have on his shoulder and have what happened with the fan here the Jazz are always going to get his best shot, regardless of whether he's in Oklahoma City, Houston, Washington, wherever he plays the rest of his career. They're going to get his best shot every time they see him. But does this Thunder team have any capability of doing that? Because six in a row, as you mentioned, and nine out of ten, it really does like we're get, look like we're getting into play out the string territory here. Yeah, no, this they've become fairly non-competitive. Um, you know, they were they were actually pretty scrappy team until the last two weeks. I think they were 20 and 24 at one time. Um, they were in position. If they'd have wanted to, they could have made a decent run at the uh, a decent run at that 10th spot, maybe even the ninth. Um, but then they, tr- they they sat Al Horford. They traded George Hill. And, you know, They clearly are not trying to win. SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not playing. Um, when they got all hands on deck, they're fairly mediocre. And, you know, mediocre can get you some things done in the NBA, but they're not, you know, they're, 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 they're playing with water guns. Um, they don't really have much going on. They're playing a bunch of guys that aren't really NBA caliber players. And, um, you know, any chance that Utah had of losing this game, I think was wiped out when Washington beat them because that'll, you know, that'll just make the jazz sit up and take notice probably so um you know the the thunder's uh, general uh 
method of playing these days is they're pretty scrappy for the first quarter or half, and then they by the third or fourth quarter they're just getting they're getting bulldozed. It could happen a lot earlier tonight against somebody like the Jazz who are so good. So, yeah, this will this is you know it makes no sense to say this because you know Utah. Um, you know the, the earlier the earlier action between these two teams was really competitive, but this is this is a one sided affair. This is more like a college football game where you sort of know what what the result's going to be before it's played. That's one of the beauties of the NBA. You never really know what's going to happen when you go to the arena, even if it's Jazz Wizards, which has no business being a, a tight game, but was or uh, you know an upset victory. You pretty much know tonight. This is not. This is not a winnable game for Oklahoma City. You look at the guard line with uh, what you call him SGA. I like that and uh, Dort. And I, I, I realize the one's not playing there. Are they set there, or do they need improvement there too? Well, those are two really good players. Dort is big time defender, and he's turned out to be a decent scorer. So. Um, he's a steal. You know, he was undrafted last year and um, signed a, a two-way deal and played a lot in the G League and then ended up starting down the stretch last season. And this year he's been a really solid NBA player, and he's still only 21 years old. And he's a tank of a guy. He's a, you know, he's, he's a linebacker playing, playing guard in the NBA. So he can defend all kinds of people. And um, he's he's getting better on offense, so he's a building block. He's a guy that he could he could be really good on a, even a good team. And I think uh, Gilgis Alexander is a budding star. This guy's averaging twenty three points a game with high efficiency. He's not shooting forty one percent from the field. He's a really big time player. He's an all star caliber player. So that's the building stuff block. Those two guys, and they need more, of course. Um, but that's not a bad way to start. SGA is 22 and Dort is 21. Now, of course, one of the problems we have in Oklahoma City is that when when uh, Kevin Durant uh, and Russell Westbrook were 22 and James Harden and Serge Ibaka were 21, they were in the NBA Finals. So we got a pretty high standard when you look at age development. That's that's something we have to sort of get past. But yeah, the, the the fact that they've got Gilgis Alexander and Dort, that's a very good, a good, very good thing to build upon, and and, and you know, in, in the hopes of being pretty competitive in a couple of years. I want to hit you up on some college football, Barry, because uh, you know you're in the Sooners' backyard right there. So I figure college football is never very far out of your wheelhouse, regardless of what month of the year it is. Charlie Brewer transferred from Baylor to Utah. Kyle Whittingham has been talking him up. Uh, Spring ball, he just, I mean, he, I know people are positive in spring ball, but Kyle's really positive about him. What did you see from Brewer in the time he was at Baylor? What do you think of him? Charlie Brewer was a very good Big 12 quarterback, which means he's a very good quarterback. We got, you know, we've got high standards for quarterbacks in this league. His, his last year at Baylor, 2020 at Baylor, was not that great. Um, Baylor struggled, they had COVID issues. Uh, new coach with Dave Aranda, a new system, that kind of thing. And it didn't go great for Brewer. Um, but before that, 
you know, in 2019, he's the quarterback of a team that, that goes to Sugar Bowl. So, um, very tough guy. Not a classic, strong arm type quarterback. More of a, you know, more of a uh, gutty, heady um, type quarterback. Guy that just sort of gets the job done. Very good bloodlines. You know, his his dad was a quarterback at Texas. His uh, his great uncle was a uh, halfback at OU, great halfback under Bud Wilkins. And so he's got a long bloodline at uh, knowing what, what to get done. Came from a great high school program in Texas. So he's a winning type quarterback. I think he could really help just about anybody that needs a quarterback. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't go great in 2020 at Baker. It wasn't Charlie's fault, I don't think. Nothing really went well there. So I, I don't claim to be on the inside to know what happened. But I was a little surprised he left because he is such a Texas institution. Um, but um, we'll see how he does at Utah. You know, we've sent – state of Oklahoma sent a couple of quarterbacks out to Utah. Um, oh, the uh, Thompson kid, mm-hmm. uh, Kendall Thompson. And then – uh, Tommy Grady was another one, and neither one did all that great, it didn't seem like. Um, right. Uh, so, um, and I don't know if, if Charlie can, can buck that trend or not, but I he's definitely a good get for Utah. There's no question about that. Anybody that anybody that saw Charlie Brewer play in 2019, I mean, he, had, he had the Bears on the cusp of a, of a uh, college football playoff berth. They went overtime with OU in the Big 12 title game in 2019, and and would have made the playoffs with a victory. He got hurt in that game. Uh, didn't finish the game. I think it was a concussion, if I remember right. But he was a uh, he was a really good player at Baylor. No question about it. How about that running back pleasure coming over for Utah? Now, I think he's good. Um, he was always one of my favorite. I don't know. You guys are probably too young to remember Ross Porter. Ross Porter was the longtime Los Angeles Dodgers uh, television announcer. Uh, 30 years, worked with Vince Gully and all those guys. Ross is from Oklahoma, and Ross is in his late 80s now. He lives out in Southern California. He emails me all the time. And when Pledger was in high school, he emailed me and said, keep your eye on this kid. He's coming to OU. He goes to my grandson's high school. He's fabulous. So I've always had sort of a particular interest in T.J. Pledger. He came here. The OU tailback room is very crowded. It's hard to, hard to get much traction there. But in the last couple of years, he's played a bunch and made a lot of plays, and um, so I think he can. I think he can get some things done at Utah. He's not a bruiser. He is a. You know, he's fairly small for his tailback nowadays. Uh, he's not necessarily a blazer either. He's not going to run away from people. So you think, well, what guy can't run over people? Can't run away from people? What can he do? Well, he can just make people miss. You know, he can. He can turn uh, a three-yard gain into an 11-yard gain, and he can turn a, a one-yard loss into a three-yard gain. And those are valuable, valuable traits to have. So I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's going to come in and rush for 1,700 yards. But I do think he can help Utah. I know he would help Oklahoma. Uh, you know, the Sooners wanted him to stay. So he's a guy I think can, that can make a, uh, a nice difference. Well, I've got you. Let me ask you guys. I don't know the uh, the kid from uh, Utah State who transferred to Oklahoma State. Um, oh, Jalen, uh, 
Oh, what's his name? Oh, crap. The uh, tailback J- from last Jaylen season. Jalen Warren. Uh, Warren. Jalen Warren. How's he? You know, he's he's come to a, uh, the OSU tailback room. How's he going to do in uh, Stillwater, do you think? You know, that's a good question, moving from the Mountain West. I think it hurts Utah State losing him. I thought he was good for them. Is he going to step into the Big 12? And I don't know what their tailback room is like, How he's gonna, who he's got to compete with. Um, I, think, I think he'd be good if he were here. Uh, Yach, the first thing Yach said, if he's healthy. <laughs> that, was, that was his first take on it. So, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, so he, only, he only played three games last season, so. Um, now I'm just curious. I actually wrote about them the other day, and um, it they got three returning tailbacks that got quite a bit done. So he didn't. It's not like he went to a, a desert of tailbacks. So I thought that was interesting. Anytime a, a guy transfers and goes to a place that's got some returning players at that position, to me it's sort of impressive that they're not running from competition. So. So that's good. Well, I'll keep an eye on him. If you think that uh, Baylor had a bad year last year, you should have seen Utah State. That was super, (laughs) super disappointing. The levels of disappointment rolling out of Logan uh, was just one crashing wave of disappointment after another. It was a downer of a year. So, yeah. All right. Hey, we appreciate it as always talking to you, Barry. Thanks for coming on the air. Thanks for a little NBA and a little college football. You bet. Good luck to those Jazz. I hope they can. Uh, I hope they can uh, fly the flag at, uh, when uh, here in the middle of the summer. An NBA championship for Salt Lake. Sign me up for it. Okay. Well, there are a lot of people here willing to sign up for that. Thanks, Barry. You bet. Barry Trammell, columnist in longtime columnist in Oklahoma, has done radio there. Has done a little bit of TV. He's done it all. You can read him at newsok.com. DJ and PK, we got Utah football availability coming up. Kyle Whittingham and Charlie Brewer among those scheduled to speak. You'll hear him right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Ron Boone, kind enough to join us. I don't think the Jazz guys should be afraid of any team in the NBA right now, the way they're playing. And I'll tell you what I'm, what I'm enjoying right now, this late in the year, is that most teams now are starting to play the Jazz different than what we saw in the beginning of the year. They're making the Jazz make these adjustments to the point where they're taking away the three-point shot. And so they're staying at home, which means that the Jazz have to do things differently. They have to play in a more of a half-court game, and they're still able to make those adjustments and win basketball games. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa, ne- Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call Syringa Networks at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. All right, PK, we got a lot of people weighing in on our Facebook page. Why can't the best team in the NBA beat the lowly Washington Wizards? And Brian says, well, I heard a reporter giving the players the four games in six nights. Fatigue excuse during the press conference, so we'll go with that. Let's use that one. Well, combined with missing two rotation guys, that adds to the minutes and leads to some form of fatigue, although I don't know that that's the reason for all the points that Washington scored in the first half. Was it 70? It was 70 in the first half and then 55 in the second, so the defense was better later when they should have been more fatigued. 
Right, so that's what I'm saying. I don't know that defense, you can apply that in a manner, or fatigue, I should say. I don't know that fatigue, you could apply that in a logical way since they were much better defensively in the second half. I thought the defensive effort in the first half sucked. That's because it did. All right, DJ and PK. Uh, Russ says, in my mind, the NBA no longer exists. Wow, he just blotted it out. After one loss? Uh, it could be, no, or it could be over uh, over now. social justice issues, politics. Right, yeah. Could have wiped it away during the, the bubble last year. Well, that's your choice, so fine. Yeah. You have that right to do that. Juro says Russell Westbrook was incredible. Go Jazz, got to win the next one. And Barry Trammell just said, don't worry, you're going to beat Oklahoma City. Playing with water guns. Should, yeah. Yeah, water guns. Wow. They got the same record as the Wizards, but a very different situation. All right, I coming up. Six in a row. Yeah, six in a row, nine out of ten. Coming up, Utah football availability. Kyle Whittingham, top of the hour. Stay with us.